Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry about that. I, no, no, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, um, I don't believe that 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 most blacks are not racist. Uh, there are some that pick up bad habits, but the majority of us are. Uh, when we were in jail, you know, different races had like tables where you can't sit at this table, you can't sit at that table. But out of all the people, blacks never put down those type of rules. We never said who couldn't sit at my at my table. I could associate with whoever I wanted to associate with, as long as that group would allow me to. But with other groups, they looked at us and didn't want members of their group to associate with uh with with people in the black community, which to me was the first time that I had saw other races become uh, uh, prejudiced as well. Uh, I don't I don't know if but, you ever saw that. But don't you see the miracle in that? Don't you see how absolutely amazing it is that people who have been put down by the so-called white group don't retaliate. I didn't I didn't think that was possible until I I taught my third graders about racism by separating them according to the color of their eyes. On the first day, the brown-eyed people were on top and the blue-eyed people were on the bottom. Martin Luther King Jr. had been killed the night before, and I couldn't explain that to my third grade teachers, third graders. They wouldn't have understood it. So to help them to understand what was going on, I said, would you like to find out how it feels to be something other than white in this country? Yeah, yeah. It was like, we've already gotten out of spelling and handwriting. He her talking. We don't have to learn anything all day long. So I said, okay, today we're going to separate <laughs> people on the <laughs> You know that's what happens. We're going to separate people on the basis of the color of their eyes. And because I'm blue-eyed and most of the students in this room are blue-eyed, blue-eyed people are going to be on the bottom the first day. Immediately, one of those kids said, what do you mean? I said, I mean that blue-eyed people aren't as smart as brown-eyed people. They aren't as clean as brown-eyed people. They aren't as civilized as brown-eyed people. He gives a blue-eyed child something nice, and what do they do with it? And they all said, they tear it up. They wreck it. That's the way they are. And then little Debbie, brown-eyed Debbie, sitting in the front row of the classroom, looked up at me and said, how come you're the teacher here if you got them blue eyes? And I thought, there it is. There it is. That little <laughs> nightmare. That little nine-year-old girl has the power now to challenge her teacher because she's got the right color eyes. And that's exactly what happens in this country on a daily basis. White people have the power to keep other people down because of the lack of melanin in white people's skin. It makes no sense, but it's what we teach. It's what we spend. The longer you are in school, the more bigoted you become because the more convinced you are of what you learn grades K through 12. And those kids showed me exactly how you are allowed to act if you are a racist. I watched kids who, who didn't know anything about color or racism become racist the day they were in that exercise. And I finally said, how, and I asked him what they knew about black people. They knew every negative thing about black people that I have ever heard and some that I'd never heard of. And I finally said, how do you kids know all these things are true? And they said, almost in a chorus, because my dad said so. And then I found out that up at the coffee shop at downtown, after people found out what I was doing, those men, before going to work, they had a cup of coffee. And what they said was, why is Elliot teaching about racism in Riceville? We don't have any racism in this in this town. We don't have any <laughs> N-word. If you don't have any black people, you can't have any racism. It makes no sense, but it's what we believe in this country. And I guess that's kind of why 
blacks have this inferiority complex because it's also been embedded in them that they are inferior to to white people. And and I see it all the time. Like they don't think that they can compete. Uh, they don't want to challenge them. Uh, it, it, it's like That's because, this inferiority you have, you that... Have to, I, watched, I watched my blue-eyed kids, and one of them that year had come in and come into my room in February, third grade, reading at the sixth grade level. Tall, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, beautiful, so-called perfect American girl. She came in reading at the sixth grade level. She had never multiplied. I taught her how to multiply the first 15 minutes of math class. She never made a mistake in multiplication again until the day she had the wrong color eyes. And on that child, on that day, with because she had the wrong color eyes, that child made mistakes in reading and spelling. She got, she forgot how to multiply. She came in from recess crying. I said, so what, "What's going on here?" As she walked across the playground, two brown-eyed Debbies and a brown-eyed Cindy stepped up behind her. One of them reached up, struck her across the back with her forearm, and when Carol turned around, Debbie said to her, "Now you have to apologize to me for getting in my way because I'm better than you are." I watched little dyslexic boys, brown-eyed boys read words on the day they were on the top in that exercise that they had never been able to read before. And I watched them spell words that they had never been able to read, to spell before. I found out, I had taken all the child psychology courses, but all of a sudden I found out, out how you can change a child by changing your expectations of that child. We lower our expectations of those that we don't want to succeed or that we have been taught can't succeed. And we raise our expectations for the proper people in the classroom. I see it happen all the time. And if you think it isn't happening, and if you want to know how it happens and what effect it has, you need to get this book. I'm going to buy that Nathan book today. Buxton, you know what? The you just made me. Our children. You've got to get this book. I'm, I'm buying that book today. Because you know, you know what? You, you just made me go back in my life to uh, before I sold cocaine. Before I sold cocaine, I couldn't read. I did terrible in school. But after I sold cocaine, I started to look at myself differently. I started to feel that I was special, that I had accomplished uh, something in life, uh, a childhood fantasy. When I got to prison, I learned how to read in two weeks. I learned right. how to read so well. I learned how to I read so that. well that I was, I was able to debate the law with my lawyer who went to Harvard University and with the judge and I started doing things that I never thought that I could do before I mean even right now in business I'm doing things in business that I never in my wildest dreams would have thought I could have done but I understand now that me being so successful at selling drugs gave me a newfound confidence that I didn't have before because uh, uh, I saw black and white bathrooms you know, I've been in a place and they yeah. told me, hey, you yeah. can't touch that TV. That's a that's the white TV. You go back here and they told me and my mom, I, I probably was about five years old, six years old. And they say, you got to go back here and this is the waiting room for the black people. And when I go in right. there, it was terrible. You know, with cigarette butts everywhere. People look like they've been spitting on the walls and nobody cleaned this place. You know, where the white area was something out of Beverly Hills maybe you know it was but, couches but, but if you but if you have been taught for all your life and if your parents have been taught and your grandparents and your great-grandparents have been taught that you are subhuman that you are somewhat less than human as human as the rest of us how in the devil do you expect a black child to make to 
to succeed in this country. And the fact that they do is because they have black mothers. My heroes are black women. Black women, I don't care whether some of them are failures. I know that many of them do a fantastic job of raising their children, sending them out to school, hoping they come back whole, knowing that they're going to be psychologically damaged during the day, and then putting them back together at night, and then sending them out again the next day. They get it, they do it. They do it year after year after year with child after child after child, and they just pray that they'll be all right. They shouldn't have to pray that their kids will be all right when they send them to school, for which those black mothers' taxes are, are to which they're contributing. We shouldn't have to. Kids shouldn't have to be afraid to go to school because they're gonna be lied to. It's time for us to start telling the truth in schools in this country. But if you won't tell the truth in schools until you re-educate the educators, you have to realize that most of these educators believe in the myth of race. Nobody has told them, look, fool, there's only one race on the face of the earth. You've got to give this up. It, have, since you like to read, read this book, Sapiens. Have you read Sapiens? Get this book and read it because it tells you where we came from and how we got here and how we got into the mess we're in. But there's an even better one, The Color of Law. You read this and you'll find out that our laws are, were, and are, and will be written by people who really believe in the myth of three or four different races. The reason we have most of the segregation that we have in this country is because we have written laws to segregate people. Most of the segregation is not de facto segregation. It is de jure segregation, segregation by law. And we have to put a stop to it. We have to re-educate our lawyers. And you brought that up again. I, I, something came to my mind is that my lawyer had a black nanny. He told me that it was a nanny that 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 worked with him, uh, and 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 groomed me because his mom and his his mom and his dad both were lawyers. So you know they were always busy, and he wound up having a black nanny that that that, that took care of it. So yeah. uh, we know that the black mom can can get it done. Always have got it done. Well, well, you know, Lucy is the mother of civilization, if I'm correct. That's I think right. Lucy was the oldest bones ever found in the world, and they said that she was a black woman. Well, ab obviously, uh, the first modern Lucy? human beings, well, the, the first modern human beings that evolved on this earth were black. Undoubtedly, they could not have survived if they had been in, if they had evolved in the Caucasus region. They wouldn't have lived through the first winter. In order for human beings to survive, they had to be bought. They had to evolve at or near the equator. So it's time to get over this nonsense. It's ab I refuse to, I have a hard time, but I have to say it. I refuse to call people white unless I absolutely have to. The First Nations saw us, the first, when the First Nations saw us, when we invaded their land, we didn't discover their land, we invaded it. They called us pale faces because that's all we are. We're just black people who have faded. Get over it, people. You and I are, if I trace my DNA back far enough, I'll find out that a percentage of it came from a country in Africa. That's the way it is. So it's time to get over this nonsense and start re living realistically.